Hi, and welcome to the Full Bloom Project, a body positive parenting podcast dedicated to promoting emotional wellness in our children and health at every size for the whole family. Each week, we speak with extraordinary experts and distill everything from scholarly research to self-help books into accessible and digestible daily parenting practices. We're your hosts, Zoe Bisbang and Leslie Block, both New York City-based adolescent eating disorder psychotherapists and mothers of two, here to help you help your children fully bloom. This episode is brought to you by the ABCs of Body Positive Parenting. Our signature virtual guides provide additional research and resources to help you put body positive parenting into action so that you and your care providers can help your children fully bloom. To claim yours, please visit our website at fullbloomproject.com. Today, we're exploring the body positive parenting question, how do I effectively communicate body positivity in my kids? That's the C in our ABC guide to body positive parenting. It feels like communication is one of the most common things we talk about on the podcast, so we wanted to take an even deeper dive into what research has found. Joining us, we have Dr. Annalisa Arroyo, a professor at the University of Georgia who has a PhD in communications and studies the ways in which interpersonal communication processes are associated with body image and emotional well-being particularly between mothers and daughters. Annalisa, welcome to the Full Bloom Project. Thank you for having me. So can you briefly tell us what drew you towards researching the relationship between body image and the way mothers communicated with daughters? Yeah, so when I first started doing research, I was interested in why people's spoke negatively about their bodies and the impact that that had on their mental health and their views of self. And I thought it was really interesting given that that's what we experience a lot of the times. But then I got pregnant about three years ago now, my son's two and a half. And what I noticed while I was pregnant is that people spoke to me about my own body differently. It was less about wanting and needing to change my body and it was more so about what my body was actually doing and how great my body is and it was just a conversation that I didn't hear many people having outside of those nine months and so it kind of made me question why don't we speak about our bodies differently or more positively and why don't we think about what our bodies can do as opposed to what they look like. And my research has kind of always been in, in the realm of family dynamics because I just think they're so important. And so I kind of put that all together and I was interested in, in the impact of mothers specifically have on promoting their daughter's body image, like making them love themselves and value their bodies and think about their bodies as a competent being that gets them through life as opposed to just identifying or reducing some negative health behaviors or outcomes. And that connects to this next question because we know that when you got started with that research, you explored a lot of eating disorder prevention strategies and it sounds like you're talking about the different, there's a difference between preventing negative body image versus 
aiming to promote positive body image. And we were hoping you could talk to us a little bit about the different strategies that aim to prevent negative body image versus strategies that aim to promote positive body image. Yeah, so preventing is um, the term that researchers or health practitioners would use to identify risk factors that would make people more susceptible to some negative health outcome um, in the body image field. It might be being teased from peers or family dynamics and conflict that might make a person more susceptible to an eating disorder. Promoting health is the idea of empowering individuals to take control of their their health and, and their behaviors. And specifically to the body image promotion literature, uh, the idea is that if we reduce risk factors that might make someone more susceptible to an eating disorder, they have an absence of an eating disorder, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're loving their body and living in their body. So positive body image, the way we were looking at it, is how people are respecting their body and loving their body, as opposed to just kind of minimizing any negative attitudes and feeling towards themselves. So what do you find in your research about what is the most productive methods to promote positive body image? Well, we we tested a couple different models or theories, but the one that stood out um, in comparing them is that when mothers engage in adaptive or what we consider healthy behaviors, we're better predictors of young women's body image than than some of the other strategies, such as having direct conversations about sexism in our culture or the images they see in the media. So it's actually just parents or, or mothers engaging in adaptive behavior, such as physical activity support, which is encouraging the young women to be physically active, guiding their eating practices. So like offering a lot of different variety of foods and discussing why food is important for the daughter's bodies and also mothers just speaking positively about their bodies. Um, So instead of talking about how they need to lose a few pounds, talking about how attractive she thought she is or how satisfied she is with her body, which is not typically how women speak about their bodies. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about how that might be a a leap for some people to really start actively talking positively about their body to their child. We talk here about finding like the healthiest definition of the word healthy. We wanted to spend some time talking with you about that because when you use this word healthy to describe healthy attitudes and behaviors around food and physical activity what are you using to define that word healthy? Like what's your definition of, of healthy so that. Yeah. So health is such a hard word to define. I'm sure you guys talk about it a lot because it's so subjective and we kind of live in a culture that places value on health. So when I am using it, I'm hoping not to like place value on the word health, but instead use words or behaviors or identify words and behaviors that will help people feel supported and kind of understanding 
what works for their bodies. And so what we conceptualize to be adaptive or healthy behaviors um, hopefully get at that idea of it's not really about healthy behaviors in terms of a value, something that you need to do, but something that mothers are doing to help their daughters feel supported in their bodies. And so the, the ones that I mentioned were physical activity support, which we definitely try to not use the word exercise because exercise means that, you know, you're doing something to your body, you're trying to change your body. And so we, we measured stuff like, did your mom frequently work out with you or do something active with you? Did your mom organize family activities that involved physical activities such as going uh, for a walk or a bike ride, going ice skating, stuff like that. And then healthy eating guidance in terms of did your mom offer nutritious foods at home? Was there a wide variety of foods? Did she discuss why eating nutritious foods were important? And then positive body talk, which is just kind of a, a shift in the language for how people might want to talk about themselves. So your research really looked at all of this and and found that there was a statistically significant correlation with those three behaviors um, Mm -hmm. and communication strategies that were like statistically significant in terms of predicting a positive body image. Yes. And I appreciate you helping to clarify what your study meant when it was measuring the healthy behavior around food and physical activity, because that example you gave, like a parent organizing a family trip that included some physical activity, like ice skating, that does sound quite different from like a parent modeling physical activity by running to an ex, like a fitness class and coming back, sort of just demonstrating that they are exercising, but not necessarily including the family in the physical activity. Because we're talking about like modeling behavior, but it does sound like you're describing a, a difference there, that there there's a higher impact if you can actually be physically active with your child versus just have them kind of watch you go to a fitness class or be physically active on your own. Is that accurate? Yeah, and this is a theory that I kind of identified these three behaviors. It's really interested in kind of creating an environment, especially a supportive environment, a positive environment that children grow up in. So it's not really being direct with someone. It's just kind of creating the support in the ideal circumstances that would help people. It's kind of being intentional without being direct. Yeah, and I think I think that's why we we find it important to talk to you and to let our listeners, you know, hear what you've studied because that's what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for helping parents do things mindfully and and intentionally that research shows will be effective. And so your research is just so helpful in terms of identifying some things for parents to know that you've studied them for the parents mm-hmm. and that they can feel confident that doing them is is intentionally attempting to help promote positive body image in an evidence-based kind of a way. 
I think even, even most valuable maybe is your answer to the next question, which is, you know, if each parent listening to this episode took away and did one thing regularly, what would you say they should do? When we were interested in what parents and mothers specifically could do, we, we tested these three different models. And one of them was this very direct strategy, having these conversations with their daughters about their bodies and objectification. And, and there was a positive and significant relationship there. But it was this other sort of behaviors that we've been talking about, these indirect behaviors that mothers are doing that when compared to the other strategies, really stood out and became the one that seemed to work the best. And so this, these were the indirect strategies, creating more of the environment for the daughters. And so it, it seems like this research, and I would be suggesting that it would be about the mothers doing stuff for themselves, taking care of their own bodies and learning how to respect and appreciate their own bodies so that their daughters see that. And so that by doing that, they're they're doing the modeling behaviors that this research shows would predict positive body image in their daughters. Yeah, that communicating through modeling is the one thing that we should do as parents. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your your response because the one thing that we can do every day is feel it's doable. It might be hard, but it's doable and we can know that there is actually research to back it up that if you are modeling self-care, it's kind of what I hear you saying, like self-care around your body and having respect for your body, it might go a a longer way than you think in terms of protecting your kid, developing body image. Just um, because I'm curious if you could talk just a little bit more about what you studied regarding the third Thing, which was positive body talk. Could you give some examples? Yeah, positive body talk were daughters' recollection of their, their mothers discussing how satisfied she was with her body or um, how often she would discuss or make comments about how much she liked her body just the way that it was or at the size that it was. So it's a completely different idea of the negative body talk, which has been studied so much more, uh, which is wanting to change our bodies, wanting to eat differently, feeling guilty about the things we eat or not exercising and that sort of stuff. So it's like, it's, it's not just the absence of those things. It's in addition to the absence of those actually verbally communicating around their daughters or our daughters Mm -hmm. or our kids that they feel good in their body. I think so. And I, uh, to Leslie's point, and I'm aware that positive body talk. So I guess right. Talking about your own body in a positive way is also different from some of the research we've seen where there are suggestions to sort of not talk about bodies, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Don't talk about bodies stop the body talk. So yeah, so I guess I'm interested in better understanding how to reconcile that. Like if we're, if on some, on some level we're telling parents, stop talking about bodies, stop telling your daughter, oh, you look so great. You look so beautiful. You look so, that you look so nice in that dress because actually that's kind of objectifying them. You know, like we talk about that, but then on the flip side, 
if you are finding that there's also compelling research to say that, well, if you can talk positively about your body, that promotes positive body image. It's actually an interesting kind of dialectic yeah. to wrestle with and to, to bring the listeners along and into because that's a hard thing to hold. Like, wait, you're telling me not to talk about bodies, and now you're telling me to talk positively about bodies? What? I think yeah. so. Part of me is like, so this is the first time I've ever measured positive body talk, and um, it was just in effort to identify another positive thing moms could do, and it worked pretty well in this study, but I'm fully aware of the research you guys are talking about where they're like, don't talk about people's bodies. My research suggests that um, there's research on complimenting that suggests we shouldn't even tell people nice things about themselves because, you know, it makes the, the body salient. I think what might be important in this context with mothers is that it's in addition to other behaviors. So I wouldn't necessarily encourage people to just start talking about bodies more, but just when relevant, when needed, you know, like when someone's feeling really good about themselves, just do it and say it, but not just do it for the sake of doing it, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, and also it, it does seem like, in, in teasing kind of out what you are studying, again, like it's not when you hear physical activity, it's not model going to the gym for your kid. That's not what right. was statistically significant. It was go ice skating with your kid, go on a hike, be physically yeah. active together. Right. That's statistically significant. And in this case, I'm, or what I, what I remember hearing in your research was parents who talked about feeling good in their bodies or that their bodies were, they were connected to their bodies doing things that they, they let them do things. They were grateful for their body, not, oh, I feel so skinny today. Right. You know, mm -hmm. which I think a, like that type of comment, I don't know if that was teased out in your research or not, but I think that type of comment would, would probably be if research not helpful when there's mm -hmm. this sense of like, oh, I feel thin today and kind of, but more like, oh my, like, it's really nice to be able to move, you know, or it's, I feel good about myself too. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, mm -hmm. I, there, there must be some clarification, some distinction between mm -hmm. talking positively about your bodies in a certain way is right. statistically significant. Yeah, these measures were, so what you're saying is more like how people feel and kind of are the embodiment of the body. And so I didn't really measure that. It was more about how they looked, but it wasn't about how they looked in comparison to an ideal. So I'm so happy I lost 10 pounds. That's positive body talk, but that's not what I measured. It was more like she was happy that her body was, was the size that it was. So it still is about appearance, but it wasn't about some ideal, which we typically think of when we say, wow, you look so great. You went to the, you went and lost 10 pounds. Um, that's positive, but it's also really negative. So what I'm hearing is more of positive body talk around acceptance. Yes. So, yeah. And, and accept, like whatever the, the statement, you know, I'm, I, I like my body as it is, is mm -hmm. a very positive statement. It also models acceptance mm -hmm. that the shape I am, I'm okay with it. You know, I like it actually. I like 
I, I like my flaws. I like my, you know, right. As opposed to, I like my body because I changed. I'm glad we clarified that because again, kind of like using the word healthy, I could understand if a well-meaning parent said, oh, I feel so thin today. I am having, you know, I, I love my body today. I could understand if that was the takeaway. And so I think clarifying that positive body statements that really capture acceptance of all of, all of you mm-hmm. is really what is statistically significant in promoting positive body image in our daughters because that positive body image also embodies acceptance. Right. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a really a valuable conversation and, and, and interesting. This is complex. It's com- there's complexity here. Right. And I just thank you guys for inviting me and, and helping have conversations about difficult things, but as you mentioned, important topics. Totally. Yeah, and I think topics parents really want to understand and not do not want to do harm. As as we're we're all, we're all parents talking right now, you know, like that's the number one thing we just we we want to we want to do the best we can with what we've got in bringing raising our children. Yeah, your work is I think really helpful for us to quickly digest. <laughs> yes. Yes. So thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. All right, thank you guys. So Leslie, what do we make of this positive body talk versus no body talk? We're getting mixed messages here. Yeah. I think I'm stuck with, are they mixed or are they complimentary? And I'm going to try to go for the complimentary angle. Okay, okay, I like that. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, because I think there's a way to embody your body and share that moment verbally without it being like a big deal, you know? And I, I feel like that's what, in the research, what, you know, when, when people were answering her questions, I imagine that's kind of what they were thinking about with their parents. Um, like my mom just was happy in her size. Um, and, and I think it's kind of this mixture between, you know, not really hearing any negative body talk from mom um, and also really resonating with, I feel like my mom was really comfortable in her body and shared that sometimes and I I want to go with that in terms of I think they both can happen I think I as a parent could do that I have been with my kids not talking about bodies my body or other people's body I've been pretty sensitive to that and trying not to and I'm I, I am trying to find opportunities to just share, you know, and I, I think it actually goes hand in hand with the kind of physical activity piece that she found in her research. So for me personally, I could do that really well with, with my kids when we are skiing together or bike riding together or learning how to ice skate and rollerblade. I'm just thinking about all these summer things, hiking, you know, just kind of 
appreciating my body in those moments, I think would be the easiest for me personally. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you mean more like in terms of your body's function or their body's function? Yeah, I think probably that's where it would come most naturally to me. Not like, oh my gosh, I only like my body when I'm moving. I don't want to send that message, but it's just kind of a natural place to bring in the body almost when it's doing something, um, when we're doing something with it together. What are you noticing is coming up for you around how you're talking about your body with your kids or if you are? Yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting because I'm noticing that I have been doing what I guess we would call positive body talk without even realizing it because ever since I had two C-sections and I have this big scar that personally I've had kind of mixed feelings about over the past few years, as you know, but as part of helping my boys understand where they came from and how they were born, I've actually enjoyed talking to them about my scar and how they came out of my belly that way. And um, I think we called it like my pouch that they came out of. And it's actually, I guess, personally allowed me to kind of reframe the C-sections, which I had mixed feelings about uh, in terms of a birth experience as a very positive kind of beautiful thing. But I think for them too, I am perhaps without even realizing it, talking about that part of my body and in fact a blemish on my body, a big six-inch scar, let's let's call it a blemish, I don't know, as something that I actually really love because it brought them to me. And so this is interesting because I actually think I am practicing positive body talk about that in a way that connects to their birth and also models, I guess, body acceptance, which actually feels quite genuine. It is genuine. I am really increasingly loving that part of my body internally and also modeling to them that I love it and that I guess imperfections are also beautiful. So it's interesting to think about it. I think this episode in particular, this interview has made me appreciate that more. But it, it kind of connects to a question I have for you about like optics. Like if you don't, let's say, feel so positive about your body, I don't know, do we think it could still be useful to create the illusion that you do? Or I don't know. Do you know what, do you know what I'm wondering about? I do know what you're wondering about. And I imagine like some parents listening are wondering that too. Like what if there's just not much for me to work with? in terms of my own feelings about like positive body image. I'm not sure. I mean, I hear from this research or I'm interpreting what she said and what she found to be, it kind of needs to be genuine and authentic. And I think this is an opportunity. It's almost like in my work with clients, finding a genuine and authentic part of their body that they can be positive about. And I, I think it, it's an exercise really for the listener that ha- feels an absence of that to maybe to maybe do a little bit of that work themselves around, okay, what about my body can I embrace and am I grateful for? And how do I 
spend some time with that in the presence of my kids and find words that genuinely express that. that that's my thought. What's your thought? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think that focusing on authenticity is always the way to go, I think. Kids are so smart and they sense phoniness anyway. So I think it's probably rarely, if ever, advisable to kind of fake it. But I wonder if actually for those parents that might be struggling to even at this moment in in time find, uh, you know, something positive about your body because it, you know, look, body dissatisfaction, body shame, it's a huge problem in our society and particularly with women. And so I, I think that I guess we're trying to shine a light on that with this whole initiative, right? To say like there's something sadly kind of normative about this and yet there's room to grow. But if you if you are struggling, perhaps going back to the function and talking positively about the body's function and not worrying so much about positive body talk about appearance because that's okay too. But I guess like you were saying, especially with physical activity, it's a natural place to even just talk about appreciation or even reverence for the function of your legs that move or or any anything really um, I think it is more doable to appreciate function over appearance um, just because of really the diet culture we're all living in do you agree I agree and I think it does also in its own unintended consequence perhaps or value it reinforces the kind of the beauty sick episode of, you know, let's let's teach our girls particularly to spend more time on what our bodies do versus what they look like. So I guess for any parent struggling, I would want to leave you with try to focus on the function first and go from there. Yeah, I think we should leave it at that. That's our show. Uh, That's our show. <laughs> in the meantime, we hope those of you listening will let us know what you're trying out. Uh, the struggle is real. <laughs> I think we're, we're trying to figure it out as we go as well. But we hope you'll leave us comments and questions on our Instagram at Full Bloom Project. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, we would greatly appreciate you leaving us a review or rating on iTunes so more people can find the podcast. And remember to tune back in next time for more body positive parenting wisdom.